Hi, you're about to get smarter in just a few minutes with Curiosity Daily from Curiosity.com. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you learn about the surprising place researchers found the earliest mathematical use of infinity and how some species of sea slug absorb the traits of other organisms like vampires. Let's satisfy some curiosity. Have you ever found something important in an old possession? Well, it was probably nothing like what researchers found in a used prayer book. Buckle up, because this is quite the story. It starts back in 1906, when historian Johann Ludwig Weiberg made a startling discovery. As he was examining a Byzantine prayer book written in 1229, he noticed that several pages contained writing underneath its current contents. And as a historian, he recognized the text. It was from an ancient manuscript by Archimedes that was written around 225 BCE, 1,000 years earlier. Weiberg was examining the oldest surviving copy of the book. See, back in the day, books were often reused. Books like that ancient manuscript were usually made from sturdy parchment, so it was possible to take a knife and scrape off the old ink without damaging the book itself. And that's exactly what had happened. This strange book is now called the Archimedes Palimpsest, and it contains a total seven books of the work of Archimedes. And thanks to modern imaging technology, even more of its secrets have been revealed. What kind of secrets? Oh, how about the fact that Archimedes made the earliest ever discussion of actual infinity? That means that humans were talking about these complex concepts 2,000 years before previously thought. See, there are two kinds of infinity, potential and actual. Before the book was found, historians thought that Archimedes and his contemporaries only contemplated potential infinity. Archimedes' work focused on mathematical measurements of various kinds of shapes. And here, potential infinity pops up in geometry all the time. For example, imagine a square. Now imagine you draw a diagonal line from one corner to another. How long is that line compared to the side of the square? Even though it seems like an easy question to solve, the answer is surprisingly complex. The answer is the square root of 2 which is an irrational number that can't be expressed by a simple fraction. Instead, to get the answer, you need to perform an infinitely long calculation. That's an example of potential infinity. It's called potential because it extends a finite number again and again in a sort of race to get to infinity. But actual infinity is what you need in modern mathematics. It deals with things that are actually infinite, like the number of points on a line. It's also what underpins calculus, which was only created in the 1600s. But the manuscript showed that Archimedes had explored actual infinity, too, using an interesting mixture of pure mathematics and physics. So far, scientists and historians are still discovering the contents and relevance of the manuscripts. But even in modern mathematics, infinity stumps us. There are lots of unproven theorems about the relative scales of different kinds of infinities and how they relate to each other. Let's hope it doesn't take another 2,000 years to get it right. Let's hope. More like, let's pray, like from a used prayer book, like say, like the maybe one that contains the earliest mathematical use of infinity we've ever found. Like maybe we should, we should say a prayer. Sure, sure, sure. From that book. Mm-hmm. Or we can hope either way. <laughs> 
Ah, nudibranchs. Nudibranchs may not be famous by name, but you've definitely seen pictures of these vibrantly colored sea slugs. Don't let their soft bodies fool you. Nudibranchs are voracious predators, and it turns out that they get more than food from their prey. Some nudibranchs have figured out how to eat stinging sea creatures and use their weapons for their own purposes. Yes, like Rogue from X-Men, or like the popular video game character Mega Man, who steals his defeated foe's attacks. The group of nudibranchs that evolved this slick move are called eolids, and they're among the small group of predators that chow down on jellyfish, sea anemones, and other members of the phylum Cnidaria. That's no small feat, because Cnidarians have special cells that deliver venom through tiny harpoons called nematocysts. Cnidarians use their stinging cells to hunt prey and to defend themselves. And they're pretty effective, unless a Cnidarian is trying to fend off an eolid. Eolids have a sly way of keeping Cnidarians from stinging them. As they begin their meal, they coat the stinging cells in a special slime. Eolids are slugs, after all. With the Cnidarian's defenses neutralized, an eolid is free to gobble up its prey, including the venom and tiny harpoons. And that's when things get interesting. Most of the nematocysts are digested and pooped out like normal. But some of the immature ones wind up in special pouches that stick out of the eolid's back like tiny fingers. Once they're safely stowed away, the developing nematocysts get everything they need to develop into fully functional stinging cells. Once they're fully developed, the protrusions become fingers of doom, complete with venomous harpoons the eolid can deploy at will. That's not the only way nudibranchs have evolved to steal and use parts of their prey. Some coral-eating species have figured out how to steal algae and stow it away in the very same type of structures that stick out of the nudibranch's back. Once there, the algae do what algae do, turn sunlight into sugars. Most of the energy goes back into the algae, but the host gets its cut too. Some nudibranchs get about 25% of their total energy this way. As for the algae, they don't seem to mind. Some studies suggest they reproduce more quickly inside the nudibranch than they would have out in their normal habitat. That's nudibranchs for you. Beautiful, slimy, shrewd businessmen of the sea. That whole story sounded like a storyline from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I just want to call that out right there. Slugman. The eolids fighting the Nidarians, <laughs> taking their nematocyst harpoons. I mean... All you need are the scrolls and the Cree, and you've got a whole new movie arc. I just, I don't think that Nudie Man would probably make it out of a pitch meeting. <laughs> hey, let's recap today's takeaways. Starting with the fact that we found the earliest mathematical use of infinity in a used prayer book. That prayer book was written in 1229 and had reused pages from a manuscript written a thousand years earlier by none other than Archimedes. And advanced imaging technology shows that on the pages of what is now known as Archimedes' palimpsest, he had been dealing with advanced concepts like actual infinity. 
That infinity is pretty important to calculus, which wasn't created until the 1600s. So it turns out Archimedes was a couple thousand years ahead of his time. The takeaway, be careful about what you erase. And yeah, if you want to get into the nitty gritty of the actual math that Archimedes was dealing with, you know, I'll keep it short. But basically, he discusses how various shapes balance on a fulcrum and he links the number of lines between shapes. So like he considers how to balance a curve segment with a triangle, which ends up being a surprising and ingenious way to figure out the length of the curve. Usually you need calculus to figure that out. And he also discusses how to measure a volume of a cylindrical segment. And in that discussion, he makes use of actual infinity in his calculations. If you took calculus, you might recognize this technique, too. I took calculus, but I do not remember anything. I don't remember this technique either, but I didn't take calculus. So, well, apologies to the math minded listener. I am now embarrassed for myself that I never made it that far in my mathematical career. You know, it's it's the you know, it's the one class I think I regret not taking weirdly like I don't do stuff that I don't think necessarily requires it. But just knowing what goes into it and it's kind of a different way of thinking. I don't know. Is it because we interviewed Steven Strogatz and he wrote an entire book about how cool calculus is? I think it might be because we interviewed Steven Strogatz and he wrote an entire book about how cool calculus is. <laughs> yeah, I think that might be it. <laughs> Nailed it. And we learned that nudibranchs are vibrantly colored sea slugs that can thwart their prey's defenses and use them for themselves. One kind of nudibranch has figured out how to eat stinging sea creatures and then keep and use their stinging cells at will, while another will store algae in their backs so they can get a cut of the energy the algae makes from photosynthesis. And a little bit of behind the scenes for you. A lot of making a science podcast requires looking up pronunciations. And in my head, I'd always said neuter branches. And the weird thing is that when you look up on Google, when you just ask Google to tell you how to pronounce it, Google says neuter branches. <laughs> and then you look it up in different dictionaries and there's neuter bronchs, neuter branks. There are all sorts of pronunciations. So you know what I did? I just asked Twitter. All of the smart scientists on Twitter were able to weigh in. And uh, the way that I remember it is it's new to Brank like bank. I don't know. Brank like bank. I don't know. They said, let me look it up. I think it was a cuter, <laughs> it was a cuter tweet than that. <laughs> yeah. Multiple people on Twitter said it rhymes with bank. And I don't know why that's in my head and I can remember it that way. But yeah, I imagine a little sea slug robbing a bank. That's how I remember it. Oh, that is cute. That is cute. I did get through the whole story without saying new to branches once. So. That's good. Also, you know, earlier I gave the example of Mega Man and Rogue from the X-Men, but I believe a much more appropriate example would be Kirby. Kirby. True. The hit Nintendo character who literally eats his enemies. I know about Kirby. Yeah. He does kind of poop out like a star, but when he does it, he absorbs their power. So go Kirby. You kind of sound like Jerry Seinfeld right now. <laughs> <laughs> What's the deal with Kirby? <laughs> he poops out a star. <laughs> what is the deal? <laughs> yep. I mean, you got to take that on the road, you know. Do I? Your uh, your elid stand up just nationwide. There you go. Maybe Kirby's a distant cousin of a nudibranch. Could be. They're both cute. So, 
They got that going. More like new to brand Kirby, am I right? Whoa. Let's go. <laughs> Today's writers were Brianna Brownell and Grant Curran. Our managing editor is Ashley Hamer. Our producer and audio editor is Cody Goff. Join us again tomorrow to get equipped with something new in just a few minutes. That was a very forced Mega Man reference, but I made it I made it happen, Ashley. You made it happen. And until then, stay curious. <laughs>